Welcome back, everyone. It's Two Sharp Podcast, a special place where we prepare companies to to the journey of great corporate culture. And uh, this journey is a tough one because there are a lot of obstacles, like how do you bring your values to action? How do you make your mission and purpose statements something worthwhile for the employees? And to help us solve these questions, we invite experts from all around the world, top tier players of the market who are working with corporate culture and helping businesses to make their companies worthwhile for employees. And today we have a special guest. Uh, I welcome John Wade, the founder and CEO of C3 Corporate Culture Consulting, a firm specializing in aligning an organization's culture and its specific goals. John is, is a very experienced consultant working with Pfizer, PepsiCo, Nestle, and a lot of great companies all around the world. And uh, he is uh, really into working with culture and values. And John, it's really a pleasure that you're here today. Thank you so much for spending your time with us and sharing your expertise. It's my pleasure. Thank you so much. So, John, for starters, can you tell a little bit about yourself? Like, uh, how did you come to do corporate culture work and what really drives you? Like, what's the main thing that's in, in it for you? Okay. So... I got into culture about eight years ago because I heard the phrase culture eats strategy for breakfast, it's, which is attributed to Peter Drucker. Oh, yeah, that's so a good one. I like the phrase and I started thinking about it and it, it excited me because most companies work on strategy or processes and very few companies work on the culture part. So... And the culture part involves people. It's all about the people, the culture. So, and I'm a, I'm a big, you know, I, I have a background in, in working for really big companies in marketing and sales. And then I went to do training and development for one of the leading leadership development companies in Europe. And so for me, it was a nice way to tie leadership training into culture because I figured out over the last 15 years that the really great leaders focus, the first thing they do is focus on culture, then they work on the structure or the processes, and then they work on the strategy. So where most leaders start with strategy, then work up to processes, and then if they have time, they work on the people part. And so for me, what drives me to do this is, that you can make a lot of money, you can make great profits and be good to your people. So it's not an either or because I've worked at so many companies where the profits are more important than the people. And I don't think that that should be the case. I think profits should be great. And I think your, your dealings with people should also be great. Yeah, that's, that's the attitude of uh, not either or, but and that's, that's the thing we really appreciate here. Thank you so much. Yes. And uh, since you have, I, I also have a, an experience in leadership and development training. And uh, that's, that's an interesting part to start off because some, someone who understands the value of a leader in the, per, in the process of building values is, is great. But let me start not from a leadership, but from the values themselves, because you're great at creating memorable and strong definitions for values. And uh, I love how you state that a value definition should be memorable, simple, powerful, and backed by specific behaviors. 
which is basically a great uh, four-part definition of a value. But uh, can you give me your favorite example of a company that has a great and functional uh, value definition in, well, culture? Right. So, so Southwest Airlines in the United States, it's a low-cost uh, regional airline that uh, has been in business for about 60 years. And they did something amazing. They had incredible financial results and also an incredible culture. And they, they define their values. They have three values and they're unique, they're memorable, they're, um, they're action oriented and they're also emotionally oriented. And they're what I call balanced values. So their bottom line value, the money value I call it, is their operational value is what they call uh, warrior spirit. So warrior spirit is, is you need to be a warrior and get it done. So you need to load the luggage on the plane you know, fast, you need to keep the cost down, you need to get the reservations done quickly. So it's, it's all your operational uh, work that I also call it the managerial uh, value. So that value is strong because it's unique, and, and that gives them what they need to perform, their operational value. Their second value, that makes the money for them. Their second value is what I call their growth value, and that's how they treat each other and how they treat their customers. And that value they call servant heart. So warrior spirit, servant heart, you're already seeing a trend there. They're oh, yeah. attaching I'm it guessing. to spirit and heart, right? Those are emotional words. Mm-hmm. The culture needs to touch the emotions because if it doesn't touch the emotions, you're not going to get it to stick. So it's got to touch the heart and the mind. So warrior is the mind part. Spirit is the emotional part. Uh, servant is the, the, um, the mental part. And then servant heart, obviously, that's the emotional part. So you also want to add emotion into values if you're, if you're coming up with really good values. Their third value, and what I call their aspirational value, that's their leadership value. That's the one that gets people wanting to come to work and, and to do a great job. They, they say fun-loving. And uh, at Southwest Airlines, they spell love, L-U-V-I-N-G, instead of L-O-V-I-N-G. So they have their unique spelling of love. And they say, when you get on the plane, uh, Southwest plane, it has a big heart painted on the side of the plane. The pilots, the the flight attendants, they all touch the heart. And they're saying is, without a heart, it's just a machine, right? So what does, what, what does, why is Southwest Airlines different from all the other airlines? Because they have a heart. They don't just, every, every airline has, has planes. So if I'm going to choose to travel on one airline versus the other, I'm going to look at two variables. I'm going to look at price and I'm going to look at how they treat me. Oh yeah. So Southwest gives a great price and they treat you really well. Hmm. That's good. a quick, a quick story uh, to highlight that their, their, their values. So I showed up late for a Southwest uh, plane, plane trip. Most airline would have closed the door and told me, sorry, 
you're going to have to rebook on another flight. And we may not give you a credit. Southwest said, Mr. Mr. John, we've been waiting for you. Welcome to Southwest Airlines. He smiled with teeth. She was very, very pleasant. And she said, we're not going to close the door till the last minute so we can make sure our passengers get on the plane because I know everybody's got busy schedules. They treated me above and beyond my expectation and I had a good, really good price on that airline. So what do you think I'm gonna do as a customer? Well, surely buy one more ticket when next time you fly. Exactly, exactly. So that helps them because they, they're very successful because people keep, keep showing up. They keep flying Southwest Airlines and they're willing to forego some of the things that the other airlines do, some of the, the extra benefits of, of maybe a little bit more food or whatever to, to fly them because they like the way that they get treated. So warrior spirit, servant heart, fun loving. Hmm. Those are great values. They're all balanced. They touch the mind, they touch the emotion and um, they're unique, et cetera, et cetera. Wow. That's a great example. And You know, I, I honestly see a lot of ways this, this dialogue could go from here. One is uh, how do they instill those values? What's the role of leadership? The second one is the question I would like to ask next, so I'll keep it in, my, in me. But what really resonates with me in, in what you're saying is that uh, we had a story recently in Russia with uh, our major uh, airline called Aeroflot. And it was, it was a story that was so loud in the social network because a guy uh, who wanted to fly with his cat was told that his cat was too fat and he had to go into the luggage. And the guy was just worried that uh, the, the cat wouldn't survive. And right. basically what he did, uh, Airflot, as, as he told the story, Airflot didn't uh, offer any solution to his problem. So what he did, He uh, came to the airport with his friend, a, 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 girl, a girlfriend of his, and they exchanged the cats. He uh, ran through this uh, all, you, you know, checkups and sign-ins and, you know, uh, until the point where he had to go on with the cat. And then they switched the cats back because the first cat was thin enough, thin enough to move through the customs. But then at the last point where he could do it, he switched the cat and went with the cat into the, into the, on board. And what happened next is when he posted this online, they uh, deleted all his uh, bonus miles, which is basically a loyalty program. Oh, my God. And then wow. it just boomed, and the, it was everywhere. Lufthansa yeah. was posting about, like, we are inviting you and your cats. The, Arab, <laughs> uh, the, the Emirates, the, you know, the, the Arab airline, air, airlines, they had a, a cute picture of a cat wearing this, you know, traditional hat. With, with, <laughs> and it was just everywhere. The Aeroflot planes were designed into a dog, which were bar barking around. <laughs> and it was just, it was just a cute uh, example for me how one story could ruin your culture for, you know, for, for several months, at least years right. at max. So right. that's just resonating so much. Right, right. And, and that's where culture, you know, for, for the people that are listening to this, Culture has a huge return on investment or it has a huge cost. Uh, we had Boeing in the United States. Mm. Um, one of their values is safety. Another uh -huh. one of their values is integrity. Mm -hmm. So they designed the 737 MAX and two of those planes crashed. So they weren't safe 
and the integrity of whether people knew about these engineering issues, that was a questionable too. So Boeing represents two, lowered our GDP for the United States by two tenths of a percentage point in GDP wow. by, by Boeing because of that culture fiasco they had. And so for Boeing, it cost them billions of dollars. It cost our country billions of dollars. So if you think that culture doesn't matter, or if you think culture doesn't have a, a money, a money attached to it, think again, if you have an accident or you have a cat <laughs> problem, you're going to have a major revenue problem. And so, so if you're thinking, Hey, I'm a financial guy and I, I don't even, you know, I, I culture's too squishy for me. Culture's about people. Culture's about, you know, touchy feely stuff. No, culture's about accidents. Culture's about great experiences. Culture's about money, <laughs> big money. I yeah. mean, big, big money. Yeah, so. that, that's, that's really big. Thank you for the example. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, John, the direction, direction I was about to go uh, before this example with uh, Airflot was you're specific and that's, that's something unique about your values, your view on values, because that's, you're the only one that I see this view in. I mean, the three values limit and the speciality of values, because that's ma that makes it very easy to grab and to use. First one is operational, like how we earn money. Secondly is uh, the, the coaching, the growth, growth value. Growth? Yeah, right. and the aspirational value, like what are we working towards? That's just beautiful. I mean, there's everything in it, like a good recipe. And you know what, just a quick question. I feel that the aspirational value sounds like the concept of purpose by Joey Ryman or like the why, why by Simon Sinek. Is there a relationship between them or like, can you tell me a little bit more about it? Yeah. So, so purpose uh, is, is a leadership uh, In other words, if leaders need to focus, when I do leadership training, I say the first thing a leader does is they establish the culture because they need to control how their people behave. Because if they don't, there's going to be chaos. So they need to work on culture. Culture is on a very basic level, a purpose, a transcendent purpose or a noble purpose. The second one is a mission that's more tied to your business that ties into the purpose. Three values with those three guidelines, operational uh, growth and aspirational. And then behaviors, specific behaviors you want your people to, to, to show every day. They need to become habits. So a leader, by my definition, works on culture. A leader, by my definition, starts with why. A leader, by my definition, starts with purpose. So yes, it's tied to Simon Sinek. It's tied to purpose. It absolutely is tied because that's mm -hmm. the role of a leader. A leader is an aspirational position. But those are not like exactly the same, the same things. I mean, uh, the values stand apart from the purpose and from the mission. Can you evaluate for me a little bit the difference between purpose, mission, and this third value, just to make okay. it clear? Okay. Yeah. So these are all the jobs of a leader. So that's where they all tie in. So, yeah. so Simon Sinek talks about leadership. So starting with why is a leadership thing. So is purpose. So purpose is what's your transcendent purpose for your company? Like at, at Apple, it's to put a ding in the universe. 
Yeah, that's a good okay. one. That's a transcendent purpose. That's that's you know, or another purpose for for Apple uh, is we, and Simon Sinek talks about this one. Uh, we uh, we like to challenge the status quo. We believe in thinking differently. So those yeah. are examples of purpose statements. A mission statement is more tied to your business. So let's let's go into. A, I work with a company that does infection prevention. So their purpose is. Uh, we save lives by preventing infections. That's their purpose, okay? Now, their, their mission is more tied to their business. So we are the leaders in the infection prevention business. Okay, so that's their mission, okay? Their values are caring, curiosity, and get it done. Now, they're not great. I'm working with them on them because they're not as unique <laughs> as the Southwest. The thing about it is that they are balanced. So, so those three values will cover the three aspects. And then the behaviors are things like we do a lot of training. So that's the growth value. So they train their, their hospital mm -hmm. staff. Mm -hmm. They're very much into training. Of, because if I install a machine that helps you to prevent infections because it sterilizes your equipment, if the nurses don't sterilize or use the machine properly, it's a problem. Yeah. So you can invest all this money, millions of dollars on these sterilization machines. And then if you, if the human doesn't do it right, it's like the machine doesn't matter. So they spend yeah, a exactly. lot of time educating their people. So that's on a basic level. If, if there's a listener out there and you've got your purpose, uh, your mission and your three values and adjoining behaviors, um, and you're doing all those right, you should be good with your culture. Now, with the, with the written part of your culture, then yeah. starts the hard part. The hard part is not, I, I, I mean, I, I've worked on cultures with companies, smaller companies, and even bigger ones, where we knock it out in 20 minutes. <laughs> um, that's not the hard part, uh, as long as it's well done. And it's, it takes all these criteria we've been talking to into consideration. Yeah. The hard part is then you need to start the really hard part of leadership, which is how do you train, develop, and get your people to execute these things? That's, right. where, that's where companies are differentiated because most companies, and I imagine in Russia too, probably have a purpose, might be good, might not, I don't know, might have a mission, might be a good one, who knows, and might have some values. Probably they have 10, which is too many. And yeah, most of them. More there's than other, other issues with that. So I have something called the culture challenge. And my culture challenge is two things. <laughs> do you know what your values are, if they're any good? And do you live them? So if you know them and live them, then you pass the culture challenge. If you don't, you're what I call, you have a chaos culture which means you don't have a culture or at least you don't have an on-purpose culture. Yeah. And that's even more, uh, even, even scarier for a top manager because it's the culture that controls itself. And right. it's mo most, by most part, it's, it should be negative because, you know, people are keen on adapting the, the negative stuff. Well, if, if you look at the Aeroflot example, or if you look at the, the Boeing example, if you don't live a, a culture and you don't know the values, 
it's a problem because that, that's where accidents come from. That's where behavior missteps come from. And that's where huge money losses also come yeah. from. And not to mention deaths. You know, there can be deaths related to this. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it's, a big, it's a big topic. So when, when I have a CEO that says to me, well, culture's squishy. I say, well, is killing pe- people squishy? <laughs> yeah. They go, oh, God, John, that's a loaded question. <laughs> yeah. So, so no, it's, it's, it's an important topic. It's, you know, even I say if, if you want to make more money, which all of us do, invest in culture. It's, it's one of your best investments. That's true. Because it will guarantee you that you'll make more money. That's true. And again, I have a lot of directions to go on from this one, but uh, let me just say, say that it's, it's really valuable. For, thank you for the, this evaluation. I can see it clearly now that we have three values, a mission and the purpose, well, in your, in your approach to it. And that really makes sense. And it's, as you say, it's balanced. But um, the next part is, and you've just, you know, walked into this topic. And uh, let me just offer you to pick uh, or maybe you could co- combine the two questions into like one answer, because the first one is that a leader has a really major role in to in in turning the written values into actions. And I would like an example of a leader you know that really did it. And secondly, maybe um, a company that uh, has more than just one leader, but also a good practice or you know a method of working the. Call the, the values into action. So a leader right. and uh, some other practices, uh, an example okay. in, in both ways. So I, I'm going to use an airline in the U.S. called Delta Airlines. Okay. Um, Delta Airlines was in bankruptcy. Um, it had been mismanaged. Uh, the leadership, the management, the coaching practices at the company were not good. There was a, a gentleman by the name of Richard Anderson that came to be the CEO of, of Delta when they merged with Northwest Airlines. And he took a company that was losing $2 billion, and all of a sudden in a few years, four or five years, they were making $2 billion. A company where their customer experience and customer service scores were very low um, in, the, in the 30s, 40%. People didn't like flying Delta, myself included. Um, and he came in and he rewrote the, the values from the 1940s in a culture book, I call it, that he calls rules of the road. And it's a little PDF that you can get online and it, it defines the culture at Delta. It mm-hmm. has the mission, it has the purpose, it has the values and it has the behaviors and attitudes that they want. Then Richard and his teams went around making sure that people read it, making sure that people got trained on it, and making sure that more importantly, they lived it until they became habits. And in a period of 10 years uh, of being at Delta, he took the airline from one of the worst to the number one airline in the US for customer experience. Hmm. The number one airline for, for job satisfaction. The people loved working there. They used to hate working there. So. Here's a, a man who came into a company and worked on the culture, worked on the strategies, worked on the structures, and left a better airline for the stakeholders, the shareholders, also for the employees. And when he was asked, you know, so you made $2 billion, what are you going to do with that? He said, well, we're going to give our employees raises, buy new airplanes, 
and return money to our shareholders. In that order, he said that. Wow. Okay. So it means a lot because again, if you put your customer, if you put money first, customer second, people third, that means that he should have said the statement of, he should have said, we're going to give money back to our stakeholders. Right. That would be the money. We're, we're going to buy new airplanes. That would be their growth or that would be the second one. We're going to invest in our business. And third, we may give an, a raise to our employees. Yeah. Most, most of the people don't do that. Most, most company heads leave out the third one. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's yeah. true. So, so by putting employees first, by putting people first, by establishing your culture, the culture, dry, the culture of the employees drives the customer experience, which drives the revenue. And there's one last example I want to give you. There's a chicken um, fast food company in the States called Chick-fil-A. Okay. And they compete against a company called Kentucky Fried Chicken, which- Oh my I God, that's huge. What happened right. in Russia, so, yeah. Right, right, right. So, so Chick-fil-A is closed on Sundays according to their culture because they want to give their people a day off and they're also, the owners are religious, so they want to make sure that they can go to church. The, the, they have very specific values, very specific behaviors. The experience in every store with Chick-fil-A is, is consistent. The bathrooms are clean, the floors are clean, the people smile with teeth. They engage you in conversation. And every time you say thank you, they say, it's my pleasure. So their customer experience ratings for Chick-fil-A are, are in the high 80s, low 90s. KFC, on the other hand, and by the way, just to give you a revenue per store, 5 million per store in sales. Wow. 5 million and you're closed one day a week. Okay, that's a culture-driven company. Let's yeah. go to the strategy-driven company. The one that cares about the money more than they care about the, the culture. No problem with that, except for the fact that at that company, there's no consistent behavior. You don't know if the guy will smile or the women, women, women or smile. You don't know if the bathrooms will be clean. You don't know if, if the floors will be clean. You don't know if they're gonna, what they're going to say after you say thank you. Um, both produce a really good product. So what's the difference? the employees and the culture. So yeah. Chick-fil-A makes five million, five million per store. Kentucky Fried Chicken makes one million per store. And despite despite being open seven days a seven week. Seven days a week. Yeah. Wow, that's huge. Um, John, here's a trick question. I'm I'm not sure uh I will find an answer, but still. Um maybe you could share with me like uh, this this man from Delta uh was really a leader who just inspired by his view and the, the way he worked. But uh, maybe there is an example of a leader or a practice that's uh, not, I, would, I wouldn't say repeatable, but maybe someone here could learn from it. How did those guys from the, the chicken chain uh, make it happen? Like, what did they do to embrace the values? Because I, I'm, I'm sure they was, they wasn't just like, and it's ready. No, it wasn't like that. No, so you have to start with a belief, right? So the belief structure that the Delta guy started with is, is I believe that it's all about people and how they behave. That in yeah. companies, success or failure comes about people and how they behave. At Chick-fil-A, it was a little bit different. 
at Chick-fil-A, the founder said, um, we're not in the chicken business, we're in the people business. So that was his belief structure. Right. So you can believe that a company that believes they're in the people business is going to invest a lot in their people. Um, that doesn't mean they don't invest in the chicken. Their chicken is, is fabulous, especially because <laughs> they make $5 million per store so they can invest a lot in the chicken, a lot in marketing, a lot in advertising. They, they outperform their peers because they provide exemplary behavior in their people and their people provide an exemplary experience for their customers and the customers spend an exemplary amount of money at their company. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's so, consequent, consistent. Yeah. So, so, and these are not small companies. Delta has 85,000 people. because I, I often hear, well, you can't do that at a big company. I say, Oh yeah, you can. <laughs> If you have a good leader with a, with a good mindset and a, and a good, a good purpose or, Or, or belief structure, like, like the guy at Delta, it's all about people and how they be behave, or the guy at the founder of Chick-fil-A who said, we're not in the chicken business, we're in the people business. Yeah. That's what you need is a belief, a belief structure like that. That's, and, that's a great place to start, really, with the leader who really does believe. And yes. Yeah. Thank you, th thank you for clarifying this one. Yes. Um, John, here's, here's one more question. And I, I think that's, that's going to be the, the final one for today. Um, you see here in Russia, there's a specific, um, which was caused by like the history of the country. You see in the, in the 90s, the USSR broke apart. And uh, a lot of companies, like really a lot of manufacturing, oil companies and stuff like this, they were created in this period by privatizing the national wealth. And um, there were businesses like, I, I, I know a company, I've worked with it on a different topic, but I've worked with it because they wanted to uh, convey their values through stories. And when I said, well, how many do you have? I mean, the values. And they said, well, we have 22. And I was like, 22? Really? How did, how did it happen? And the HR director was talking to me like, well, you see our founder who is well, a man from the 90s, as we call them, he just went home some day, one day and uh, in the morning, he brought a list of paper, a sheet of paper, and there were the values written on it. He was just like, well, I, I've created those. Go on and you just work by them. And the values were like safety and uh, engagement, basic HR words. You could, right. you could play bingo in, in, you know, in terms of HR terms. And here's the question. Um, how can we work with the people who are at the top of the company, a CEO or a founder who don't have this kind of uh, Delta mindset in them, instilled in them? Is there a way to help HR create this kind of culture uh, where people feel the purpose and live by the purpose? Well, it, you know, it, different people are driven by different things, right? Right. So some founders are driven by creating a great product, right? Some founders are driven by, by making a lot of money. Some, some founders are driven by, you know, creating a, a sustainable place where people are going to feel good. Uh, whatever your, whatever your, you know, whatever drives you, what I would say, if you're driven by money, that's perfect. No problem. The thing is that, 
if you're driven by money, wouldn't you want to make more money? So whatever drives the whatever drives the 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 CEO or the or the president, right? Find out what drives them. What is it that's most important to you? Processes are the most important thing to me. Okay, fantastic. I got a culture process for you. Oh. Okay. Got it. So uh, the way is to connect it to the the like the needs of the of the founder of the founder, right? So. So if you can, you're not going to convince them that culture is important if they don't feel like it's important. So the way you do it is, you know, you, you invite them to a vodka <laughs> and, and, and you say, what's important to you? Uh, well, money is important to me. Okay, fantastic. What if, I, what if I showed you a way to make more money? Okay. And uh, a lot more money. And... Um, they might be interested, maybe not, you know, you gotta, you, you can't fight with people on these types of topics. You, you've got to say, you're right, sir, or ma'am. Um, how about if we make you more money? How about yeah. if we give you more time? How about if we give you more, whatever it is that they, they value? Cause you know, not every founder, not every leader has that mindset or that, you know, that belief structure. It helps if they do because it's, it makes it easier and they, they end up doing it, you know, first and they don't do it second or third. The thing is, over time, if you can show the results, a lot of companies, even the ones with financially driven leaders, you can convince that culture is not such a bad thing and that investing in your values and, and predictable behavior. I mean, who... I don't care what CEO you, you are or what president you are. Who doesn't like to predict behavior? Yeah, right? that's, that's a thing you should like if you're on top because. <laughs> right, right. And, and so, and, and think about it this way. If, if you're, let's take it into the family. The only thing you can leave your kids is values, right? Because if you don't leave them values, they're going to have a problem. So, right. so as a parent, if you want to control the behavior of your kids, make sure you have three values. <laughs> With my daughter, we have three values. We, we, we have, we have fun loving. We, lo we stole that one from, 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 from Southwest. Yeah. We, we have a, uh, uh, loving, we do your homework. <laughs> okay. Words, put a lot of care into, into preparation stuff. Uh, you know, loving preparation, uh, and the and the third one is is uh, play it safe. Uh, because if if you're not alive, you can't enjoy the other values. Oh yeah, so, that's good. Uh, and the United States has three values that drive the country: life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness. Yeah, so those are our three values as a country. Uh, Rome, the Roman Empire, has three values. They had uh, utility was their operational value, uh, yeah. strength was their growth value, and beauty was their aspirational value. So hmm. the Roman Empire and how great that was for many, 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 many years. And you still go to, to Italy and, 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 and Greece and see beautiful uh, temples and everything that are strong, they're utilitarian, and they're also beautiful. So 
three values can really drive not only a family, they can drive a company, a team, or even a, a, a country. Yeah, that's good. You can that the thing that you took it from to the family point of view and to the country point of view. That's that's just beautiful. Okay, well, one last question just to clarify it because I know that some companies are saying that values and culture are the same the same thing, and some companies say that culture is only an aspect of how you treat things, and it comes from strategy, which comes from values. So it's it's really interconnected differently but here's the thing um you have three values with your daughter and um when she leaves school are they going to change and if they are what's the basis that drives the values that isn't going to change is there any well well mostly for the company of course like right and, and right well so so here's the thing when when leaders leave values can leave too right um You know, when, when my daughter goes off to college or whatever, she could change her value system. Uh, she could get married and change her value system. The thing is that if you embed some very basic values in people, they, they tend to stick a long time if they want them to or a short time. Like, for instance, Delta. Delta's got a new CEO who, who's a financial person. and he worked with Richard. Uh, he's, he puts money a little bit higher now. The thing is that I think he's learning that if he goes too high with the money and his values start to, to be upside down, that his money's going to start going down. So I think he's smart enough to know that he shouldn't mess too much with what Richard built. Now, there may be a CEO after the next one who says, I don't care about you know, throw that book away. And in which case, now you're going to have a company that may go on the decline. So, so companies, families, countries depend on their leaders. Yeah. So this, if this whole conversation, the, to end it off is about leadership and, you know, it, what kind of leader do you have and what kind of, you know, what, what kind of legacy do they leave? Because if they leave a legacy of culture, of values, it's going to be a legacy that'll last. If they leave a legacy of money, I don't know. That may or may not last. Yeah. So that's why I, I believe that the values are important. And of course, they should be good values and they should be done the right way. The thing about it is that the leader matters. The way you sweep the, the stairs is from the top down. Yeah. That's a good way to end this off. Thank you so much. Yeah. John, this was really an, insi an insightful dialogue. Thank you so much for joining in for the podcast. And uh, if you mind, could you leave some contacts of yours so the folks around here can reach out to you? Yeah. So my email is, and you can just email me directly if you have questions or need help. I'm happy to help. Uh, it's jwaid at corporateculturesulting.com. So, so I won't spell it out because it's really long. But J Wade W A I D at corporateculturesulting.com. You can you can also reach us on our website at www.c3culture.com. Um, and and just send me an email or, or write us on our website, and we'd be happy to help you. Um, I want 
I want for companies in Russia to do really, really well. And I want for your people to do really, really well also. Thank so, you so much. So that's my wish for you guys. Thank you, John. Thank you for the contacts and thank you for your wish. This was a great podcast. And um, John, I wish you a great day and stay safe in these tough times. Thank you. You too. All right, guys, this is it for today's episode of Dusha Podcast, the podcast where we explore the corporate culture, the values, and the mission statements. We hope this was useful for you and you can use it to enhance your values. We learned today that uh, you can divide values by three uh, balanced uh, types and uh, they are related to purpose. Uh, today with us was John Wade, the CEO of C3 Communication Company. And we hope to see you in the next episode where we are going to explore a lot more about values and culture. Stay safe.